Good morning, Oregon. It's Tuesday, October 26th. This is Andrew Thien with a news briefing from the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Before we start, a quick thank you to our sponsor, Pacific Source Health Plans, for supporting the show. Half of all shootings in Portland in the past two years happened east of 82nd Avenue, and most of the remaining shootings happened in specific pockets of inner north and northeast neighborhoods. That's according to a new data analysis of all shootings citywide released by the Oregonian and Oregon Live on Monday. You can check out the interactive map at OregonLive.com data. The Park Rose neighborhood in northeast Portland saw the most shootings per capita since 2019 of any neighborhood with more than a 1,000 residents. Many wealthy neighborhoods in the center of the city and the West Hills have been completely untouched by gunfire over nearly three years, some without even a single shooting, according to an analysis of data collected from records requests and publicly available Portland police databases. Shootings have declined for years in Portland pretty steadily until 2020 when violence surged, as did homicides. The shootings tend to happen on busy arterial streets. The Old Town Chinatown neighborhood was the only area west of the Willamette River to rank in the top 10 for shootings. A half-dozen women who competed on the University of Oregon's renowned track and field team said the program is damaging to young women and has a culture that promotes body shaming. That's according to six athletes who no longer wear the Ducks uniform. Five left the program before graduating. The six all spoke to the Oregonian and Oregon Live on condition of anonymity, given the school's prominence in the sports world and its power internationally in drawing events to Hayward Field. The women all pointed to U of O track coach Robert Robert Johnson's use of a DEXA machine, which provides remarkable data on bone density but also body fat percentage, as a key issue in the program. The women said they were routinely tested and punished with additional cross-training if their body fat percentage was higher than what coaches desired. One developed an eating disorder. Another hadn't had a menstrual period in a year and a half and was still told to drop weight. Johnson told the Oregonian and Oregon Live he feels sympathy and regret that some women felt they developed eating disorders. He urged people to come forward if they were having issues while in the program. Many athletes had no issues with the U of O track and field program. One former U of O coach said it's humiliating and detrimental to test female athletes on their body fat percentage saying it's also not necessary to their athletic performance. Nine months into the nation's first-of-its-kind experiment to decriminalize hard drugs, the new approach has done little so far to connect people with treatment, even as statistics show the state is on track to reach a record for opioid-related overdose deaths. Since Measure 110 went into effect in February, arrests for drug possession have plummeted across Oregon from a monthly average of about 1,200 to 200. This year's arrests tend to be for dealer quantities, but just 51 people have called the state hotline arranged for people cited with a ticket to get resources. It appears callers are going through the motions. Only 8 of those 51 asked for treatment information and 35 declined information about those services. Dwight Holton, chief executive officer at Lines for Life, said Oregon clearly needs to do a better job of directing people to the hotline. Measure 110, which passed with nearly 60% of the vote, redirects millions of marijuana tax revenue from schools and other public agencies to substance abuse treatment and services to support those recovering from addiction. But the bulk of the money hasn't yet been distributed. The law reduced misdemeanor drug possession to a violation on par with a traffic offense. It applies to people with small amounts 
amounts of drugs, including heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, ecstasy, LSD, psilocybin, methadone, and oxycodone. According to the latest data from the Oregon Health Authority, opioid overdose visits to ER rooms and urgent care centers are on the rise this year and eclipsed each of the last two years. Oregon recorded 206 unintentional opioid overdose deaths in the first four months of 2021. That compared to 462 overdoses for all of 2020 and 280 for all of 2019. Portland police said an 18-year-old motorcyclist died after crashing into a car at a high rate of speed this weekend. Colin Page marks at least the 53rd traffic fatality of the year. Police said he struck a Cadillac motorist heading westbound on Holgate and who was executing a left turn onto 97th Avenue. Cops said Page was speeding. The other driver stayed and cooperated with investigators. Portland is set to eclipse last year's traffic fatality rate of 54, which was the highest since 1996. Thanks for listening. You can support our local journalism by subscribing to Oregon Live. Go to OregonLive.com slash pod support.